Thank you guys for being here this morning. Wow, there's a lot of churches missing out right now because they don't have you there. You're here, and we get blessed by you being here. I'm so thankful, Hugh. We had a wonderful first service, and, 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 and I thought those folks, they were just the, the, the icing on the cake. But this, this cake has two layers of icing on it. Look out here. Just look at these smiles. Look at you guys. You look amazing. And I see folks looking in all the way from around the world uh, through uh, this Facebook Live. How about let's give a big welcome to everybody that's tuned in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We, we welcome you guys. If you ever can, come and be a physical part here at Christian Embassy. It's a whole new level experience. I can promise you that. And, and everybody said... Y'all better, y'all better back me up, okay? <laughs> thank you. It's been a tremendous week this past week, and uh, we just thank God for what He has done. Uh, but let me tell you what: we're getting ready for an amazing week. This is going to be a better week than last week. Some of us had some challenges this past week, but you know what? The challenge didn't overcome us. In in the Lord, we overcame them. Right? We're here. We, we, we may be forcing a smile on our face, some, some of you may be, but we're here with a smile on our face because we know what God has prepared for us is better. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but he didn't win. He didn't win. Our God won. Hallelujah. Jesus said it is finished, and we are appropriating and taking hold of that victory, and we're going to take it into this week. How many of you are looking for a better week going forward than you had behind you? Anybody, anybody in here? Yes. Look at their hands raised everywhere. Me too. I had a great week last week, but I believe it's going to be even better because the God I serve takes us from glory to glory. Isn't it good to know that there's always a way up and out of whatever the devil threw at you, that, that God is greater and he in us is greater than he who is against us. So let's just encourage one another to walk in faith, encourage one another to walk in the power of God, encourage one another that we can keep going forward in the courage that it takes to press uh, on. Amen? Amen. Well, we looked last week, uh, we began a series for Sunday morning, and we were looking at uh, what I, I'm entitled, Understanding the Supernatural Power of God. Because I believe more than ever, we the church, we must be the conduit of ushering in and seeing manifest the power of God on this earth. The world needs to see the strong hand of God. The world needs to see the love of God. The world needs to see the hand, healing power of God. The world needs to see the righteousness of God. The world needs to see how big his heart is and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. But the world also needs to see that he's a God of righteousness and he's a God of great power and that he is a loving God and that he has not left us here uh, all alone. He has a plan for us and he wants to participate in and through that. Amen. So we're looking at understanding the miracle power of God. So you might say this is part two today. And we were looking at last Sunday these two important ingredients that have to work together. We have to get passionate faith connected with the miracle power of God. When we have these two partnering together, you will begin to see the manifest of the miracle working power of God when we get our passionate faith connected with it. And, uh, and what I'm going to do is take a few minutes and kind of parallel, uh, even though it falls short in its analogy, but it will help, I believe, understand uh, comparing the miracle power of God to electricity. 
how many of you in here would just run up to any receptacle and take a paper clip and stick in there? Absolutely not. Nobody. No takers here. Okay. Uh, in order to have confidence in electricity, you have to understand it, right? And to have confidence in electricity, you must uh, uh, also uh, ha- be able to cooperate with it. You have to understand it. So how many of you would take your iPhone or your Android charger when your battery's about to go out and you're communicating with someone and you would take that and plug it in a receptacle? How many of you would plug your charger into a receptacle? Only a few of you? I don't know that you're either you're asleep or you don't understand the question. You know good and well if that computer's going dead or that phone's going dead, you're going to get a charger from you take somebody's charger. See, in our house, my chargers have my name written on them because I lost too many. And no one ever knew where, oh, they all look white. They all look like the Apple charger, you know, the iPhone charger. But I started permanent ink marker writing daddy on mine because I'm telling you what, because when that thing's starting to go down, we have great confidence to plug in to the power source because we understand it's safe to do that. That rubber coating over it protects us. We plug into the power source. And then it uh, charges up what we need. So in order to have confidence in electricity, you have to understand it. And in order to cooperate with electricity, you have to understand it. So we, as we learn the laws that govern electricity, the more uh, benefit we can get from electricity. But before the laws of electricity were discovered, let me tell you, electricity was present. Electricity was in the Garden of Eden. Did you know that? There was electricity available in the Garden of Eden. But it didn't benefit Adam or Eve. And it didn't benefit coming out of there uh, Noah, Moses, or Abraham, or any of the uh, patriarchs of old. None of them benefited from electricity. uh, And it didn't bless anyone. Actually, electricity has been around since the creation of the world. It has been here all along, and no one was able to enjoy the benefits of it through all of those years because they didn't understand the laws that governed it, and they didn't have confidence to tap into it because they just didn't know. They didn't know. So uh, the same is true with the miracle power of God. The miracle power of God is like electricity. It's always present. It didn't manifest. Electricity didn't just manifest itself. Uh, Adam and Eve didn't say, wow, there's a light on in the garden. Look at this, uh, you know, this patio light. This is really nice under this palm tree. I wonder where it came from. Uh, In order for that to happen, somebody had to understand the laws of electricity and they had to cooperate with the laws of electricity to get the benefit of electricity. Even though it was present, it didn't just manifest its blessing all by itself. It took Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Edison and men like these to understand the laws of electricity and how to govern it in order to cooperate with these laws. And the same is true with the miracle power of God. It operates by certain laws, okay? And the power to free us that God has provided from oppression and sickness and disease was supplied to us through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? 
the power to heal us. The Bible says 2,000 years ago, Jesus took stripes upon his back for our healing. So it was provided 2000, over 2,000 years ago of why what Jesus accomplished for us, that power has been provided for us. The power to redeem us from the curse was accomplished when Jesus hung on the tree. For in Galatians 3.13 says that cursed is he who hangs on the tree. And the curse came upon Jesus, so he redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, even uh, we the Gentiles. So that was taken care of when Jesus hung on the cross. And the power to save us from sin and eternal damnation has been present since Jesus' death and resurrection, His death, burial, and resurrection. Yet, it's not automatic. We need to understand that. It's available to whosoever. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. It's available to whosoever, but it's not automatic. Now you say, well, is it God's will that some should go to hell and some should... No, the Bible says it's God's will that none should perish. That's the heart of God. And he's made the power for salvation available. It's present at all times, but it's not automatically. Uh, it has to be appropriated. That's a very important understanding. It has to be appropriated or put to proper use, applied appropriately. And God shows us in His Word exactly how to do that, just like with electricity. There's these laws that govern the operations of electricity, and when you apply it appropriately, then you can safely enjoy the benefits of it. That's why behind these walls there are insulated wires. There's a black wire and a white wire and a ground wire. They're individually uh, insulated, the black wire and the white wire. And then there's another coating on that 12-2 wire or 12-10 or... Uh, whichever size 12, 14 or 14 that they're using, running these switches and lights and everything. And all of that's for safety. There's not raw wires out here because if we were to touch it rather than be a blessing, we get electrocuted and it'd be a curse. So we've learned how to work with electricity to get the benefit from it. And then the same with God's miracle working power is that we need to learn how to work with the laws of it so that we can receive the blessings from it. Because these laws, they govern the miracle power of God. Don't get in your mind, God, if God wants it, it'll just happen. God wants everybody saved, but it just doesn't happen. The Bible says that we've got to carry the good news, that we've got to go in the highways and the byways. We've got to share the gospel, the good news message, and those that hear it can respond to it by faith, and they can call on the name of Jesus. Isn't, isn't that great? They can call on the name of Jesus in Walmart, in a parking lot, in a restroom, out in the foyer of a church, at the altar. It does it at their home, in their car. If they'll call on the name of Jesus and believe that he is their Lord and Savior and confess his Lordship over their life. Let me tell you what the Bible says, you'll be saved. That can happen anywhere. Isn't it great that there's not just one little salvation zone and if you're not in that zone, you can't get saved? You can get saved on a battlefield. You can get saved in an airplane. You can get saved in a submarine. You can get saved anywhere because the power of God to save is everywhere. But it doesn't just happen automatically. So we want to look at these laws that govern the miracle power of God. And they're found in the Word of God. We're not going by someone's experiences. We're going by the Word of God. And they've been revealed to us through the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and applied in and through uh, and by His Holy Spirit uh, as, as uh, we uh, come under the power of the Spirit of God to work the miracles of God in and through our lives. So, as you can see, more power is not what we need. Did you hear me? 
More power is not what we need. Jesus supplied all power through his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus applied all the healing power we need when he took those stripes upon his back. Jesus supplied all the delivering power. The deliverance that we need has been provided. The prospering power has been provided. The forgiving power has been provided. So, so we, to pray for more healing power is as silly as to pray for more saving power. Oh, God, there's not enough power to save anybody here today. We pray for more saving power. God, give us more saving power. No. The power of God to save is here. Anyone who will call on the name of Jesus can be saved. And in the same way, we're not praying for more healing power here. Oh, God, give us more healing power. There's some hurting people in here today. God, give us more healing power. No. The healing power of God is here. It is present here in this, in this room. So if we want to see more sinners saved... Uh, more saving power is not what we're calling for. What we need to do is teach and encourage more sinners to believe and to receive the saving power that was supplied to them through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that faith will arise and they'll be able to, to believe and to tap in and to receive. And the same, if we want to see more sick people heal, then more healing power is not what we're looking for. We need to teach and encourage more sick people to hear what the Word of God says and what is available so that their faith can rise. And let me tell you what, we're all in the position of that father who says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now, if there's anybody in here say you're not in that category, I really want to uh, have a private meeting with you and let something on you rub on me. But in all the years I've served the Lord, I believe, but I still have to say help my unbelief. And you know what helps my unbelief? The Word causes faith to arise. I need the Word. I need the teaching, the right teaching of the Word that helps encourage my faith so that my faith can believe and receive more of what God has for me. Hallelujah. So that's why we're consistently teaching from the Word on this subject matter so that our lives where it really the rubber meets the road can be impacted by the power of God. If we want to see more broke people prosper, then prosperity power is not what we're praying for. We need to teach and encourage broke people to believe and to receive of the prospering power that it was supplied to them through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And when he took that crown of thorns upon his head, you're redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Those thorns cut into his brow. And we know that it was thorns and the sweat of the brow was a sign of the curse of poverty. And now the thorns that the enemy thought he was using, God turned it for good, released the blood off of the brow to release us off of the curse, redeemed by the precious blood. We're redeemed from the curse of poverty and that's why Paul says in Corinthians that he who was rich became poor that we who are poor might be made rich through Christ Jesus let me tell you what God has come to touch and to affect in a positive way every area of your life look at somebody and say that's good news that's good news so we don't have a power problem today we have a knowledge problem it's not a power problem it's a knowledge problem we're ignorant concerning the laws that govern the miracle power of God. That's why we're not cooperating with God's power and we're not obtaining God's power even though we need it. And that's what I'm hearing the Lord say. He says, share what I've given you from the Word. And, and that's why we're going to look at law number one. Law number one, it comes just, just as simple. Just because the power of God is present does not guarantee it will manifest. That's so important. Just because the power of God is present does not guarantee 
it will manifest. And I'll prove that to you in the scripture as we looked last week in Luke 5, 17 and following. Now it happened on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And look at there. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So in that room there were people in need. But their needs were not being met. Even though the power of the Lord to heal them was present, there was no manifest of that power. The power of the Lord is present here right now. And what we're going to do is learn from this today to take it from being stagnant to where we're not seeing it manifest to seeing it manifest and meet needs. Hallelujah. So we go on and it says, Behold, men brought on a bed a man paralyzed in whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop. They said, I can't get through the door, can't get through the window, can't get through the back door. The crowds are there. Everybody's in there. They've got a need for the power to manifest and the power to manifest and the power to heal was present, but nothing was happening. And they said, we're not going to be denied. So they go up on the roof, the Bible says, and they cut through the roof, tear up the tile and cut through the roof. And the Bible says in verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, now, let me tell you what, this right here needs to comfort some of us because sometimes we are in a place where our pain paralyzes us. And this could be physical pain, a physical issue. It could be mental. It could be so, uh, a spiritual. It could be an area relationally in our lives. But we're in so much pain, we can't see beyond the pain. And it paralyzes us. And that's when we need each other. That's why when Jeff and, and, and Amy were partnering today and we had those five that partnered, six or seven that partnered in the first service uh, as we gathered together here. Let me tell you what. What we're doing is we need each other. We need each other that are on the same mindset. These four men were on the same mindset or they couldn't have carried him. And they said, you're in a, you're in a vulnerable position right now, but we love you enough. We're not going to leave you here by yourself. And we're going to get you into the presence of the power of God. And we're going to exercise faith. And we're going to help you see a breakthrough. They believed or they would have not done what they did. So when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And you know the story, the Pharisees and the scribes, they're thinking it's blasphemy in their minds. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he says, uh, is it easier for the Son of God to say, uh, your sins be forgiven or arise and walk? But that you might know that I am he, arise, take up your bed, walk and take it home. And that's what God wants. He wants us to rise and find the power of his miracle presence. And he wants us to take that manifestation home with us. Because our children need to see the hand of God doing miracles. And our grandchildren need to see the hand of God doing miracles. We don't need a testimony of 20 years ago. Thank God that we got a 20-year-old testimony. But that rusty thing is not doing much to someone who needs to see the miracle manifest of God today. And the Bible says you overcome the red dragon by the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Jesus provided the blood. We need to experience a testimony so that we can can tell others about the miracle manifest of the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The power of God was present to heal them. I mean, God says, he, he says, by, he, he was sending his son that, that by his stripes we would be healed. He sent his word to heal all of our diseases. So we know it was God's will they'd be healed. He didn't want them to be yoked to sickness and destroyed in that room. But no one was tapping into it. 
because they didn't understand the law of the, the miracle working power of God. You've got to exercise some passionate faith. Now, I know uh, coming up with passionate faith on your own is difficult. I know. I've tried it. I've tried it all by myself. But I found out that God had a plan. And it's a thing called the church. And the church in the Greek is an ecclesia. It's a called out from the norm, called out from the humdrum, called out and called together to believe God, to study His Word, and be impacted by His Holy Spirit. So now I found out I can have passionate faith when I'm hanging around folks like you and you're hanging around folks like me and we're talking the Word of God and we're not going to talk what our circumstances are. We're not going to talk what our history experiences are. We're not going to talk what everybody else who got touched with this thing had to go through and their suffering story. What we're going to talk about is the Word of God. Because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I need you to, to give me the Word of God as, as one of my crazy faith, uh, passionate faith friends. And you need me to give you the Word of God to be one of your crazy, passionate faith friends. Amen? And as we do that together, we find that we now are learning how to tap into the manifest of the miracle-working power of God. Let the law is just because the power is present, it does not guarantee it will manifest. I'm here to tell you right now, that God is omnipresent. That means if you walk out into that fellowship across the parking lot, He's there. If you get lost and walk across the street, and I hope you look both ways before you cross, and you go over into that parking lot over there, He's there. If you go on the second floor, east wing, He's there. West wing, He's there. Sitting right where you are, He's here. In this building right now, in this room, in this sanctuary, the presence of God is here. And where the presence of God is, the power of God is. So the power you need is right here. We don't have to conjure it up. We don't have to do any uh, magical spells or, or, or formulas or anything. He is here. Hallelujah. But just because His power is present does not guarantee it will manifest. Our second example, Mark 5, 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, uh, uh, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet and begged Jesus earnestly, saying, My little daughter, she lies at the point of death. Jesus, come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and that she will live. So Jesus gets up and he goes with him. And, and uh, everybody hears, oh, Jesus is going to heal this little girl that's about dead. So they all come around and they start following him. It's in that environment. That this woman that had an issue of blood, she said, I got I to gotta tap into it right now, for he's not going to pass this way ever again. And she started talking to herself. This is what passionate faith, this is how you get your passionate faith. You got to talk to yourself. You got to declare, you got to meditate on the word of God. Put your self-talk. Take the word of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. He, he said he sent his word and healed all my diseases. He told me not to forget all of the benefits. And one of them is he heals all of my diseases. I'm, I'm, and she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. The hem of his garment represents the covenant. If you understood all the clothing of that time, I could go into that. But, but she, that, she knew those tassels, that represent the covenant. And she says there's a covenant that God has made to, to bring forth his power to his people and bring forth deliverance. And she says, I'm going to touch him and I'm going to get healed. And she pressed, even though 12 years, spent all of her money. Physicians couldn't help her. She got weaker and weaker. And she's the outcast of society because of the issue of blood. Has made her ceremonial unclean. And she hadn't been able to go to the temple. And now, 12 years being cut out, she said, No, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. And the Bible says when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped and said, Who touched me? 
Who touched me? And the disciples said, Jesus, think about it. Everybody's touching you. You're on, you're on an assignment. You're going to heal Jairus' daughter. Man, they're just like the anointing is on you. They just want to do everything they can to be close to you. And Jesus said, no, somebody basically was saying, if you understand this, he said, somebody touched me in faith. Somebody drew. There was virtue that came out of my body. And that word dunamis is we get our word dynamite. He said dynamite power that was there all along. And when, when he's walking, following Jairus to his house, when the crowds are there, the power was present, but it took some passionate faith that pressed through the obstacles in order to tap into that power, and then that power was manifest. Hallelujah. How exciting is that? How exciting is that? So I asked the question, do you think the power of God uh, is present here today? Yes. yes, amen. So what do we need? What we need is not more power. We need more knowledge of the word of God because hearing the word causes our faith to arise so that our faith will press through whatever. And believe you me, it's something about these two stories that tells me there's obstacles that stand between us and the manifestation of God's promises. There's obstacles. And you know what? One part of me doesn't like that. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like that. I, I want to go and help the caterpillar that has gone through the metamorphosis and struggling to get out of that, that cocoon. I want to help break them free so that they can fly. But if I take them from their struggle, the very nature itself will show that they will not fly and they'll die. Because now in that elevated state, they're no longer, they don't have the strength in order to go to the next level because I took some of the opposition away. This brings us to the word of God that says that what the enemy means for evil, God turns it for good. So when we're faced with opposition, that doesn't mean God's against you. That means the devil's against you. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. But because the enemy on this side of heaven still can come against us, let me tell you what, we're not to give in, give up, or surrender to the fact that God just wants me to live with this. God just wants me to live in this corner. What we have to do is say, if where I'm at is not what God's word has promised, then this is an obstacle. This is my enemy, and I'm going to press through it. If it's a crowd, if I have to get down and crawl, I'm going to press through it. If it's a, if it's a physical structure, I'm going to dig through the roof. If I have to dig through the roof, I'll, it gets messy. That got messy. It can get messy. Anybody in here had any messy in your life? Okay, three of you. Anybody? Three? Okay. Don't be discouraged if it's getting messy. Because many times when it's getting messy, you're that close to your breakthrough. Hallelujah. So you keep pressing on. And you need, you need somebody who will preach to you like this consistently. And you need to be taught the Word of God. And then you need to study the Word of God. And you need to stay on track with being a man or a woman of faith. Because faith without works is dead. you got to get that faith working. And you've got to be willing to, to not let the obstacle cause you to tag out. Anybody here ever felt like tagging out? I know you didn't because you're here. But you felt like tagging out before? You oh, crying uncle or whatever it is. No, don't do that. I'm here to encourage you. 
to rise up and be the head and not the tail, to rise up and be blessed coming in and blessed going out, to rise up and be above only and not beneath, to rise up and be the covenant son or daughter of the Most High God, to rise up and be the royal priesthood that God is so destined and purposed and planted. You here in this earth at this time of the uh, of, of your of this world's history to be a part of. Hallelujah. So the miracle present power of God is here. It is here. Hallelujah. There's another one example I want to give you. In Mark 6, verses 1 and following. Here Jesus has gone back to his own country and with his disciples. And Sabbath had come and he was, uh, began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, What did this man, get? where did he get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hand? Is this not the carpenter? Come on now. The son of Mary, you know, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. They were offended at the word. Jesus became the word. They were offended at the word. Do you know I've met people who get offended at the word? Because the word is saying and, 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 and wanting to demonstrate something that they're not living up to. And, and instead of them humbling themselves and saying, maybe I don't understand it. Maybe, maybe the religion uh, part of it, I was taught wrong. Let's really get in the word of God. Let's rightly divide the word of God and see what the word of God really says. And, and this is the plumb line. I'm not the plumb line. My experiences or lack thereof is not the plumb line. The word of God's the plumb line. So, what, so I have to preach the word of God whether I ever see it manifest. And the good news is you see it manifest. But I have to preach the word of God because it's the plumb line. But people will be offended at the plumb line. Guess who's behind that? The devil. Because he knows that faith comes by hearing and that word hearing means taking under, understanding and application. It's not just something you heard. It's something that you heard that changed your life. It changed your life. So a hearing <clears throat> of the word of God causes faith to arise. And the enemy will stop you right there. He'll say, ah, that's not the way a pastor, you know, so-and-so 30 years ago taught you when you first got saved. Well, I'm not coming against any pastor, and I'm not saying I'm a know-it-all, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick with the word. I have to stick with the word. Maybe that pastor had a theological background that he was more committed to and comfortable with and then stepping out and being bold. Maybe that's how he kept his job because that association of whatever may have put him out if, 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 if he were to. But I, I, I'm not threatened. I'm not threatened. I don't have, I don't have a, a, you know, any, um, there's no sense of me building my kingdom. If you kick me out because of the word, well, then I'm, I'm in good place. Because it's my faith in the word that's going to bring provision. It's my faith in the word that's going to bring healing. It's my place in the word. It's not people. It's not an association. It's not a company, right? So you can be bold in the word because the word works, right? So, so they were offended at the word. There may be something in you that is offended at what I'm saying today. You need to recognize maybe that's the enemy trying to keep me from fully embracing and fully uh, uh, adopting the, the whole gospel message. That healing is not just for spiritual healing. 
that Jesus took stripes upon his physical back for our physical healing. It is so clear in the word of God that he's a healing God. He said, my name is Jehovah Rapha. I am your physician. I am your God. I am your healer. And let me tell you what. We've seen too many physical healings to come against any lie the devil's telling you that God stopped healing. He's a mighty healing God. Hallelujah. And in every area of our life. I know when I've struggled with, with pains in my body... And, and just ongoing and ongoing, I got very discouraged. I got very, the pain was so intense, I got very discouraged. I knew what the Word said, but it was, I was not lining up with the Word, and the Word wasn't lining up with me. And, and that's a rough place to be. And it paralyzes you. But that's where you need some passionate friends that'll say, okay, brother, okay, sister, if you can't walk in this, we'll put you on a mat or a cot and we'll carry you. We're going to carry you. We're going to help you during your time. We need each other. So if I'm telling you in advance, if the devil ever gets a pot shot and gets by my shield of faith and gets something into my body and I'm struggling with it, you better come around me. But don't you come around me and count me out. Don't you come around me and tell me you knew Uncle so-and-so had it and he went out in six months. And don't you do that. You come around me and say, we got to get your faith risen up. we got to get you into the presence of the Lord. we got to get you to the place where the miracle manifests of the power of God brings healing in your body. Where's Hal? Hal, right here. Those lights. There you go. Here's a man that was 59 days. 59 days. Couldn't pray for himself. 59 days on a ventilator in an ORU. Uh, uh, the ORU. In ICU. No, I'm not a graduate of ORU. I don't know where that came from. Maybe that's confirmation for somebody that needs to go there. I don't know. But ICU. 59 days. But you know what? Every time Pastor Radika and I, and I took Alvin Slaughter up there with me when he was in town uh, to go pray, with, uh, pray for Hal, we'd go to that waiting room. And in that waiting room there on the left with all the glass there, we'd open it up. There'd be Sister Diane. There'd be Sister so-and-so and Brother so-and-so. And I, they'd all be in there. They're having prayer meeting. Folks coming down the hallway would come in there to be a part of the prayer meeting. There's some passionate, crazy friends in that room that says, we're not letting this man die. Doctor says, there's not much we can do. This is, this, he's on life support. And if we had plug, pulled the plug, he would have went on to glory. But it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time. So what we did was we kept praying. You kept praying. We all stood together and we believed. And now the man's still a carpenter. He's out there uh, and, and, and doing construction work, managing construction sites today. And today he's supposed to have been dead. There was no way that body could come through that infection and all that. But the devil is a liar. But he wasn't able to pray for himself. He wasn't able to pray for himself. Sometimes we get to the place that we need some help. We need some help. And I'm trying to raise you up some help right now. Raise you up some help. Don't you be so super spiritual. Oh, I'm just going through this all by myself. I don't want nobody else around me. You know what? I don't want no negative talk around me. I don't want nobody pulling my faith down. But if you're from Christian Embassy and you believe what the Word of God's been taught there, and you, you come around me. Because you're going to help me. You're going to come against what the devil's doing and you're going to declare and release what the Lord wants in my life. Hallelujah. So here Jesus could do no mighty works in verse 5. He could do no mighty works. They were offended at him. 
And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. This is Jesus who has embodied the very power of God. He, uh, we read in Philippians 2, 5 through 11 that he laid down his glory, but he didn't lay down his identity. He came to us as the son of man, but he also came to us as the son of God. Here's a son of God with them and can do no mighty miracles except lay hands and heal a few. And he marveled, look at the next verse, he marveled at because of their unbelief. So what did he do? He said, if you won't play ball with me, I'm going to take my ball home and, and bump you guys. Y'all can just die. Just die. Suffer. You won't do it my way? Suffer. No, that's not what he did. What did he do? He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What you're going through right now is what Jesus did for them. I'm teaching you the word of God. He taught them the word of God so that their faith would be built up so that they then could cooperate with the power of God that was already present and they could see it manifested in their life. Hallelujah. So law one, just because the power of God is present, does not guarantee it will manifest. But passionate faith plus God's miracle working power will bring manifestation. Amen. I think I have time to go to another law. Yeah, just a few minutes for another law and then we'll, we'll stop there. And then next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll pick up. Second law, the power of the Lord can be present and your senses not detected. This is so important. Because we have a tendency, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> he's talking about you. We have a tendency to be more impacted by our, what's going on that our senses pick up than what the Word of God says. It's a muscle memory that is not good. We need to unlearn it. It's like, it's like you, you were learning the uh, home row keys on a typewriter. And if you get that m m uh, muscle memory, you can sit there and type without even thinking where the J or the K or the L or the M or the P is because it's the muscle memory. Let's say you got the home row keys wrong when you first learned it. You were one off. And you learned it, and now you're doing the right moves. You're going up where it's supposed to be a J, and it's supposed to be an L, it's supposed to be an M. But because you're one off, everything you're typing looks like gibberish, right? The same is true here. If you operate by your senses, you're one off. And you will always make the wrong decisions. We have to retrain and unlearn what we learned uh, the wrong way and move it to the right way so that and then practice it until it becomes the norm in our life. God's miracle power is always present, but your senses may not detect it. So what I do every day, you can ask my wife, you can ask two of my children, two of my three children right here on the front row. You can ask Townsend 19, so he's been with me since I was five because we had him when I was five. I'm a young guy. And... Uh, can you make jokes like that and it not be called a lie? Y'all know it's, okay, okay. Somebody told me that you're on church property, Pastor. I was, I was just joking. <laughs> so nonetheless, um, you, you'll find that what I do is I'm always, always declaring, our God is great. Our God is good. What's my favorite song? God is, I do it all the time. I say, God is, and I hear it upstairs. Good. All the time. And then they know the words to it. 
God is good. His power is present. He's a big God. He's not against us. He's for us. And I'm, I'm singing it. I'm talking it. I'm declaring it. And, 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 and I'm always, because, not because they need it, and they do, but I need it. I had I'd learned the home row keys wrong. I was actually not one over. I was a whole row down. Okay. I had it off. I lived by what I saw. I lived by what I felt. I lived by my senses. And the devil had an open door. I mean, he had an open door to come in and jerk my chain any way he wished. Because in this natural world, he can poke and he can affect things that, that we see around us and how we feel. So he was always open to come in and manipulate me. And I was one of those preachers. And I was up and I was down. I was up and I was down. I was going forward with great vision, and then I'm second-guessing. Oh, my goodness, why would we have ever stepped out to even say we were going to do that? Up and down, up and down. Unstable. Unstable in my young years. But I had to learn. I learned it wrong. And I had to say, this is what the Word of God says. And when God gave us a word, just for an example, to rise and build. We were in that little chapel, and he said, rise and build. Uh, we looked at the bank account. There was, the, the funds weren't there to rise and build. We looked in the congregation. And, and the resources in the congregation was not there to rise and build. We went and talked to bankers. They said, we're not with you to rise and build. We went and talked to an architect. He laughed at us and actually made us feel kind of foolish. He says, we'll draw whatever you want, whatever you want if you pay for it, but you're going to pay up front. Like you didn't know if we could pay it all. You know, you won't pay up front because I don't know if you're ready to rise and build. We talked to some contractors. They said, come on now. You're not ready to rise and build. So everything was saying it's not the right time. But we kept going back to the word of God that he gave us. He says, I want you to rise and build. So thank God that we had leadership that was willing to encourage us to say, we're going to go with what God says. Not what we see with what God says. And as we stepped out to go with what God said, then we begin to see the miracle manifest of the provision of God. And, and to this day, we, we met with a financial person here recently. They said, it was impossible what y'all done. And I said, praise God. They said, praise God. I said, our God is a God who works the impossible. He's a miracle working God. He did with little as much when God is in it. Man, we need God in it. And how do we get God in it? By faith. Not by senses, not by circumstances, but by faith. Come on now. If you don't see anyone get saved in your church, does that mean the power of God to save people is not there? Absolutely not. Because we know it's God's will that none should perish. And whoever calls on the name of Jesus should be saved. Anytime, place, anywhere, right? Even though we don't see the manifestation of it, we, we know that it's still God's will to do that. And if we want to see people saved, what we got to do is we got to start preaching on salvation. And we need to get people who are unsaved there to hear us preach on salvation. Because you can only get the saved folks saved so many times. Man, I did a revival many years ago, the youth revival. And that thing burst. It went from a weekend to it was uh, almost uh, several months. Went into the third month ongoing every night. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, the building couldn't hold everybody. We had to open the windows. We had speakers outside. And they had picnic tables they brought and then chairs. And then it started raining. They brought a tent. It was just, it was just amazing. But it was this one guy. Every time I'd open the altar, he'd come down here. And I'd pray with him. He said, oh, I want to get saved. I'm a sinner. You know, and I'd pray with him the first night. Praise God, this is amazing. Second night he came down. 
Third night he came down. Fourth night he came down. Fifth night he came down. So I talked to the pastor. I said, well, what about this, this fellow here? He's, oh, he's always my altar starter. <laughs> altar starter? He said, yeah. I said, is that a job in this church? Y'all have ordained altar starters? He said, no, 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 no. But just like you got dry, a wet wood, you can take some kindling, and you can get that kindling hot enough, it'll dry the wet wood so that it can burn. He said, brother, so so he's my kindling. He's a fire starter, you know, my altar starter. And I said, that's not right. He said, I know it's not right, but we've told him, you're saved, brother. I mean, did you backslide this weekend? He's, I'm this week? And he's like, no, but I still feel like I did of old, you know. I said, do you mind if I talk with him? And I met with him uh, quite a few times. By the third month, he stopped coming down, but he was a good. I just said, I need you to be an amen corner. I said, you're not an altar starter. You're my amen corner, you know. So, so he became my amen corner, okay. So, you know, electricity has been around since the creation of the world. Salvation is everywhere, but, but you know, when you tap into it, you know, that's when you see the manifest of it. And, and my concern was this guy was not tapping into it. He was just going through some motions. And I wanted to make sure he had a full understanding and exercised his faith to confess Jesus Christ as his Lord. You know what that means? Lord means he who rules or reigns. So that means you surrender. You're confessing. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. Jesus now calls the shots. He is my Lord. And because he's my Lord, he's also now my Savior. He forgives me of my sins. He writes my name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to heaven, thank God. But he has to first be my Lord. And if he's not Lord over all, he's not Lord at all. You can't let him be Lord of your Sunday and Wednesday and then you live like the devil or run business like the devil during the week. He has to be Lord of all. Somebody say amen. amen. So, so when he got this understanding, and I think he did, then he began to, he, he began to be, be amen corner because... He had an understanding. I'm saved. Before, he was always holding his head down. And then he would get shouting after the prayer at the altar. But then the next day, he came in with his head down. He never had the victory because he didn't understand. He was not applying his faith to appropriate his salvation to the place that it would manifest in and through his life. Hallelujah. So, we know the law says that uh, the, uh, the power of the Lord can be present and your senses not detect it. Let me tell you what, the enemy's trying his best to manipulate your circumstances and situations to distract you and discourage you and derail you and delay you. But let us be wiser than that. Let us be wiser and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to go by what my senses are telling me. I'm going to go by what the Word of God's telling me. I'm not going to go by what the doctor's report says. Not that we're denying what the doctor's report says. The doctor's report says at this moment in time when this test was done, this is what is present. We're not denying that. But what we want to do is say, okay, that's what's present, but there's something more powerful than what I'm experiencing, and I'm going to take the Word of God and apply it to what's present to change it. Do, do you understand that? So the doctor's not the enemy. The doctor's just showing you. They're, they're the mechanic. Sorry, doctors. I've got doctors in the house. Sorry about that. You're the mechanic. You've done the diagnostics, and this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. So, so you don't want to deny that. This is what's wrong. But there's something that's right. That's the Word of God. And what God says about me 
and I'm going to apply by faith what God says about me over what my senses or my circumstances are, and that faith of application, that faith of appropriating the Word of God over that, taps into the power of God. So it's like there's electricity in this building, and if I walk in here uh, at night, and everything's black and dark, and I used to think I knew the steps coming in, and we first moved in here, and I ran through those doors, and, and I knew that I prayed over and prayed in this place so much, I knew it before there was carpet, before there was walls, I knew this place, okay? I got a little cocky, and I came in, and I'm running back to my office, and it black, dark, I didn't need any lights. And I hit this thing right here so hard. I mean, I had an experience on this altar that was not glory, okay? And, uh, and I jumped around, and my thoughts didn't feel good, but thank God my mouth was clean. What I was shouting, I was saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heal that. Heal my knees. Heal them, Lord. Because I hit this thing so hard because I didn't realize I was that close. And, um, but I, and I learned, I learned, be careful in here because there's no windows, so it gets dark. So just like I know there's electricity in here, if I come here in here at night, I know that I can get on that back wall there, and there has been uh, some switches that are wired into through the laws of electricity, tied into the wiring, the circuitry, the grid that all comes, the transformers, and if I can find that switch and flip it on, these side lights are going to come on and I'm going to be able to see. So I may be feeling all down that wall, and I'm confident. I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to take the risk of hurting myself. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to find that switch because I know that switch is there. And when I find that switch, immediately everything that was dangerous became safe because I tapped into the law of electricity, but I had to tap into it. And the same is true with the power of God to heal and the power of God to deliver and the power of God to save and the power of God to raise you up to the next level and bring you up out of poverty. It, the power of God is present. But we've got to say with confidence, I know I may not have my hand on it right now, but I'm not giving up. That's what I'm trying to speak to, a giving up spirit. I'm trying to rebuke a giving up spirit. I'm trying to rebuke a, de a depressed, discouraged spirit. I'm just saying, don't give up. Keep feeling on the wall. Keep feeling on the wall. Little step by little step. You're going to touch it. You're going to tap into it because the power is here. The power is present. And you're going to get your breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. God, we stand to our feet now as a sign that we believe your word is true. We believe that your power is present. We believe, Lord God, uh, that what you say, you're going to back it up. And now, God, uh, we pray as we declare, I believe, uh, but help my unbelief. Lord God, surround me with some passionate friends full of faith uh, and help me be that friend passionate full of faith uh, that we can help one another through our difficult times, through our struggles, uh, through the pain, uh, through the, what the senses are throwing us and the experiences are throwing us. Help us, Lord, to encourage one another. Help us, Lord, to get into your word uh, and speak your word uh, and believe your word uh, and hold on to your word. Uh, just like that man tapping the wall and feeling the wall to find the switch to manifest the power of electricity. Let us take our hand and go through your word uh, and read your word uh, and, and get your word deep down until we tap it, until it breaks through 
through till it gets to that part of us that we need it to be, Lord God, so that we might see the manifest of your power. You didn't die on that cross for nothing. You didn't take stripes on your back for nothing. You didn't take those thorns on your brow for nothing. You didn't take the bruising from the beating for nothing. You didn't take nails in your hands for nothing. You didn't take nails in your feet for nothing. You didn't take a spear in your side for nothing. You wanted to break off that curse of poverty. You wanted to break off those generational curses that run under the surface. You wanted to give us authority back. You want to give us dominion back. You wanted to heal our broken heart. You wanted to heal our physical body. You wanted to save our soul. So Lord God, today we believe the power of God is present here in this place. And God, we got our faith. We're working on our faith. We're charging up our faith. We're sharpening up our faith. We're encouraging our faith. We're training our faith. We're educating our faith. We are edifying our faith. And Lord God, we're going to hit the switch and we're going to see the manifest of your power in heaven on earth to bring forth your glory, to bring forth your honor. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it begin now. Let it begin in me. Let it begin in us. Let it start here in this, your house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have our prayer intercessors, our prayer ministers. And uh, would you come, men and women, our prayer ministers, would you come right now? If you need prayer this morning, I want you to come. They're going to stand in agreement with you. If you need healing in your body, if you need a breakthrough in your finances, if you need healing in a relationship, if there's joy, if the Lord's been robbed, uh, and you're living under torture and torment, uh, and you need peace from God, you come for prayer. If you want to stand in for a brother or a sister or a loved one, you come in and stand and say, would you join with me and pray for so-and-so? But I'm telling you right now here on this altar is men and women of faith men and women of passionate faith and they'll partner their faith with your faith uh, to help tap into the power of God the supernatural flow from heaven on earth so right now just step out just step out if you need prayer come on up come on up hallelujah just come on up hallelujah if you need prayer would you come would you come Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. We thank you, Lord God, for the healing power being manifested now, God. We thank you for breakthrough, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that your anointing, uh, Lord, is working here in this place. I need some more in my intercessors. Come on up. Don't be shy. More intercessors. We've got people waiting in line to be prayed for. Help me out here. Help me out here, my intercessors. If you hear me, come on. If you're out in the foyer, I need you back in if you can. Come on in. If you're in another station somewhere, come on in and let's pray. Let's pray. We want to see the manifest of heaven on earth in this place here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you've done. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. And we thank you, God, for what is yet to come. Hallelujah. And for you in the congregation, just join us in prayer. Come on, just begin to pray. Pray for God's breakthrough. Break that breakthrough. Help their faith, Lord God. Be, be the sound behind these people needing prayer today. Be the sound of faith. Be the voice of faith behind them, saying, you can do it. Go forward. You can do it. Let the breakthrough begin right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Just let your voices arise. I'm telling you, we are a... We're 
charismatic church here. We can lift our voices. We can pray out loud here. You don't have to have a little silent place to pray. You can pray out loud here. You can declare the power of God. You can declare the glory of God out loud here. Hallelujah. So just begin to declare it. Yes, God, bless them. Go ahead. You be an intercessor for those that are up here for prayer. Say, Lord God, if they need healing, let healing flow. If they need deliverance, Lord God, set them free. Just begin to declare it. Lord God, if they need a provision in their life, Jehovah Jireh, we thank you for your provision in their life. Lord, if they need to be saved, Lord God, I thank you right now that a miracle is taking place and salvation is taking place here at this altar even now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Come on. Just begin to thank Him. Begin to thank God. I thank you. I thank you that you've changed not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you, God, that as you healed in days of old, you're healing today. I thank you, Lord God, that as you provided in days of old, you're providing now. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the supernatural manifest of your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give glory to you. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, let's intercede. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, let's praise God for His power. Praise God for His love. Praise God for His presence here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we give glory and honor. We give thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, we ascribe it unto heaven, not here on earth. Lord, we just declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done in everyone's life here right now. Lord God, let the power of heaven manifest itself here on earth. Lord God, let there be the intersection of Kronos and Kairos time here on earth right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for the congregation now. I pray, Lord God, that they will walk into a week of miracles, that they will walk into a week of miracles of your favor, Lord God. That they will go forth from this house today, God, knowing that they're under an open heaven. They're not going to listen to the lies of the devil. They're not going to listen to the, 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 the tricks of the enemy. They're going to listen to the word of God. And they're going to walk forth healed. They're going to walk forth in power. They're going to walk forth with joy. Lord, bless each and every one. God, you know every person under the sound of my voice. You know their circumstance. You know their situation, Lord. You know the number of hairs on their head. Lord God, you care about them and your power is present with them. But I pray, Lord God, that this would be a week where they tap into your power and see, Lord, your glory like never before. We overcome the red dragon by the word of our testimony. Lord, there'd be a new testimony. There'd be testimonies that would come forth, Lord God, of your supernatural manifest in and through their lives. Lord, there'd be testimonies that would overcome the works of the enemy by what you're doing in and and through their life. Hallelujah! So bless these your people, God. Bless them in their coming and bless them in their going. Lord, I pray you would bless them in their health. I pray, God, you would bless them in their wealth. I pray, Lord God, you would bless them in their spiritual relationship that it would get closer and closer and closer and more dear with you, Lord God. I pray you'd bless them in their physical relationships, Lord God. I bless their children, their grandchildren, their parents, Lord God. Let a healing take place. Lord, I pray you would bless everyone under the
under the sound of my voice uh, with every step that they walk out this week, Lord, that they would walk out the miracle manifest of your love and power. Lord God, as we go into this week, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise because it's in Jesus' name we pray. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.